0: Hello and welcome into the Daily Blues podcast on 101ESPN.com. My name is Dan Betlock. Blues in the Vegas Golden Knights tonight from the Enterprise Center. Blues coming in with 42 points, 18, 8, and 6. Vegas Golden Knights at 37 points, 16, 12, and 5. You can catch the Mitsubishi Electric pregame show at 6 o'clock on 101 ESPN tonight. Oscar Sunquist has been activated from the IR. Nathan Walker has been assigned from uh, assigned to San Antonio, I should say. Chris Kerber was on with Bernie Miklis, and Bernie asked him, this was before the Sundquist news came out, uh, and Bernie asked Kerbs if he expected to get uh, a lot of these guys back on the homestand. So here is Kerbs with Bernie from this morning. You think we'll see those
1: three at some point during the homestand?
2: Yeah, I, I think there's a chance to see at least two of them, to be honest with you. And it's coming at a good time, Bernie. Colorado won again last night. We're going to see Colorado on this homestand. And what a game that's going to end up being. And – uh Colorado, because of that, and they've still got one game in hand on the Blues, and they just leapfrog the Blues for first place in the Central Division. So the 12 3 3 start for the Blues then gave way when the injuries are kicked in now to a uh, basically a, what a 6 5 and 3 run, and that's allowed that gap to close. So you've got Colorado just ahead of you, Winnipeg is just a couple points behind you with a game in hand, you know, and then, you know, and you're getting close and kind of into where the, the, the Dallas Stars even are within uh, four points of you, so a two-game swing uh, between that and the wild card. So the Blues need to find a way to get back regularly into the points column to keep a, a whatever cushion they had built up. And uh, to do that, I think they're just they're going to need to get healthier. I mean, that's you can, you can bring guys up from the American Hockey League to help fill some gaps. But there's a reason that they were in there in the first place, and it's hard to fill those gaps when you're talking, as you said, you know, four or five guys out of your top twelve missing.
1: Curbs, let's talk about this too. I don't have to tell you the voice of the Blues, but the Blues really benefited from goals from their from their blue line uh, last year, and especially in Stanley Cup tournament. I mean, it was just great. They got so many goals for and, and timely goals from uh, from defensemen. Hey. You would know, right? Boom, boom, Gunnarsson. Um, yep. The um, they're not. That's not happening this year. Other than Petrangelo. what's going on there? Is this just one of those uh, inevitable trends you get into, and then eventually the goals will come? Uh, what do you see there that explains perhaps uh, the, the reason why these defensemen collectively aren't scoring as many goals as they they had been?
2: Well, based on the anecdote between Gunnarsson and Barubi, I'm wondering if enough guys are going to the bathroom next to the head coach. <laughs> there you go. There you go. They're they're knocking on the coach's door at home. Hey, coach, I got to go. <laughs> we, uh, the um, I, I don't uh, I don't know that they're active enough yet, Bernie. I, I, I well, we're not. I don't think that we're seeing just kind of enough motion and movement from them. Uh, you know, on a regular basis. And then I also think that probably – and I'd have to look up the number because sometimes shots can be deceiving in terms of what you see versus what's actually happening. But um, I, I, I do – I wonder if they're, they're shooting the puck enough or and getting enough through. So uh, there's no doubt whatsoever. And we talked to Berube about this before the game in Buffalo, that he would like to see more production from the defense. You know you've got uh, you've got Vince Dunn, who's got four points in his last you know, what twenty one games. Colton pareko has got a number somewhat similar to that. Alex Petrangelo prior to scoring that big goal that he had in the last game to hit one hundred as a blue, and the only second and only the second defenseman in team history to do that. Uh, but but he had gone I think it was eleven twelve games in between goals that. There is more production to be had from the defense. Sometimes it's not even the goals, but it, it could be in the assist department. And it's an area that Craig Berube told us in Buffalo he definitely would like to see improved.
1: Chris Kerber with us here on 101 ESPN. Kerbs, uh, I wanted to – this is obviously relevant, but I wanted to get your take on this because I haven't had a chance to, um, to talk about it yet. Uh, and we don't know the reasons, but really interesting in Dallas, the Stars firing Jimmy Montgomery, who just in terms of on the ice had done a uh, a hell of a job. Uh, and then you have San Jose making a coaching change. At least that's what was reported last night uh, with DeBoer's out of there. And, and here's a guy that uh, again has gotten the Sharks uh, to a Stanley Cup final and. Uh, Certainly a a formidable team. But two of the teams the Blues eliminated in the Western Conference playoffs last year have uh, fired their coaches. So uh, what's going on there? I know hockey, there's a lot of changes made, but are you surprised um, by these firings?
2: Uh, Well, yes and no. Uh, Two very different situations in in today's climate and what we've seen with Coach's behavior—that's that's the situation that happened with Jimmy Montgomery, and that came on the heels of some very direct statements from from Gary Bettman on how things are supposed to be handled. The league supposed to be known. The details are very very unclear on what happened with him. That one is a shocking one uh, because of the success that Dallas was having with him. So um, yeah, I guess eventually it's going to come out. Maybe Jimmy Montgomery makes a statement at some point. I don't know. I mean. There, uh, it would be I, – I wouldn't even know how to speculate, to be honest with you, what exactly happened in Dallas. Um, and and there's, a, there's another topic to, to be discussed on that when it comes to, you know, the, the, the coach's behavior and the things that have, uh, that have arisen in the National Hockey League over the last uh, month and a half. On the flip side, the, the the Pete DeBoer one is one that's a little interesting to me from this standpoint. I'm not surprised with where San Jose is in the standings that, uh, that Lombardi made that move. But what, what surprises me a little bit is, to me, I don't think that that was a coaching. Now, maybe, maybe they'll go on a run and, you know, everybody's trying to, you know, do what the Blues did last year. But maybe they won't. And I look at that roster and I don't see – I see that more as a general manager thing, not a coaching thing. You know, you, you decided to give Evander Kane the long-term contract, which I think is a very questionable one, instead of keeping Joe Pavelski. Uh, you've got some older bodies and Joe Thornton and you bring back – uh, Patrick Marlowe uh, for the, for this part of the season as well. Uh, look, Burns and Carlson, two terrific defensemen in the NHL, two Norris Trophy-winning defensemen in the National Hockey League. However, they don't defend as well as a guy like Alex Petrangelo, in my opinion. Uh, they don't defend as well as a guy like Colton Pareko. And I've, I've said for a while, look, if, if Burns and Carlson might be willing to give up 10, 15 points a year and actually play better defense in their own zone, that'd be a different story. So I think San Jose, to me, Bernie, is more of a roster issue thing than it is a coaching thing. But when the general manager pulls the strings, the coach is going to go
3: first.
1: Yeah, Curbs, to back up your point, uh, the, the media, some some of the writers, columnists out there, the beat writers, I was doing a little homework on this this morning, and they were actually talking about just how bad relative to talent level and expectations that Carlson and Burns have been playing and they also—I don't know if it's statistically true—the people out there will say that this is the, they have the worst goaltending tandem in the league too. So there's a lot of mess yeah, their there.
2: Goaltending hasn't been very good. Martin Jones hasn't been very good. And the problem that they've got, Bernie, is you've got Evander Kane on a long-term contract, and he's he's been a bit of an a, of an enigma since his days first days in the league down in Atlanta, and 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 when. Uh, that one was a bit of a gamble that they took, and I don't know that that one's going to pay off. But it's out, it's clear why they signed Burns to the long term contract. That makes sense. So then they went out and they they kind of went for it all when they grabbed Eric Carlson, and and I mean again, here's a, a two time Nor- Norris Trophy winning defenseman, you know. But the first time he look, the first time he won the Norris Trophy, he didn't penalty kill. I mean, think about that, Bernie. You you vote for you voted for major awards o- over the course of your career as a writer, and, and still very heavily, you know, we're with the the football hall of fame. You know how much that stuff matters. I, I for the life of me, I get that the guy got seventy something points, but I don't know how anybody wins an Norris Trophy when you're not on the team's penalty kill. You, <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure how you're the best defenseman in the league when the team doesn't use you to kill penalties. I agree, and, and, and so uh, and and you got to keep that in mind. So. Uh, I, I'm not, look, he's he's a terrific, terrific player, and he's a dynamic player, right? But when you've got two guys that like to go like that, that may not take care of their back end as well as they need to, I think it's hard to win in the National Hockey League. The Blues' defenses, we started on that one topic, were very good offensively. But but, but they defended better than anybody in the NHL uh, down the stretch and in the playoffs last year, and that was a huge factor.
0: Again, Chris Kerber, enjoy at the broadcast tonight on 101ESPN.com. That was Kerbs with... Uh, bernie from earlier today also earlier this afternoon scott hartnell from the nhl network joined the fast lane scott now of course the former nhl veteran uh, now with the nhl network doing great stuff with them oh he's one of my favorite players love me some scott hartnell he joined the fast lane earlier this afternoon to talk all things st louis Blues. so let's play that for you now here is scott hartnell with the fast lane
4: mr hartnell great to have you with us here in st louis how you doing today
3: I'm great. How are you guys doing?
4: Everything's good. I want you to tell Blues fans not to panic over a three-game losing streak.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely not to pack, pa- uh, panic. Sorry, they uh, they had a little cushion there at the beginning of the year to to have a few of these little mind lapses, these these bad games. But you know they're they're going to be fine. It's a it's a tight division there, uh, you know, uh, that they're in. So it's it's you got to kind of snap out of it sooner than later. And nothing better than against uh, the Knights tonight how much do you think uh, i mean we know what the blues went through last year the beginning of january they were in the basement right and it was a magical run to a stanley cup final i realize that every season is its own season but those experiences uh, and through a three-game losing streak i mean look that that is uh that is nothing overall but those experiences from last year they've got to help in tough times this year don't you think yeah absolutely it's you know i'm sure they lost three games uh you know more than four or five times last year in the first few months of the season so uh you know they definitely do know how to snap out of it but you know i, I know a few of the leaders on the St. Louis Blues and you know they're not going to let this slide and you know uh uh just playing average not be good enough for the team they they've set the bar obviously really high uh well the highest it can be by winning the Stanley Cup last year and you know, I, it, it's interesting to see a team, I thought they'd maybe have a little bit of a hangover, the Stanley Cup hangover, kind of kind of, um, not have the best of starts, but they were flying right out of the gate. So, uh, you know, I was a little surprised by that, but they're, uh, they'll are they be flying at the end of the day, 100%. But when a team is having a losing streak, uh, I, I know that it, it depends on how long it goes or what the makeup of the team is like. It can get to be sort of a mental thing, like, like you could be out there, and this goes for any sport, you could be out there and think, all right, well, how are we going to lose tonight? We have a lead. How are we going to let this get by us? How much really does does winning the year before do something for you in that way? Uh, because I guess what I'm really wondering is, at some point, is it like, all right, last year's last year. That doesn't matter. It's all about what's happening now. Yeah, well, it is, you're very true with that statement. Last year is last year. No one really cares or... You know, gives a darn about, you know, them winning the Stanley Cup. I think maybe the first, you know, month of the season, you know, the the Stanley Cup champs are coming to town. Let's, let's, this is a measuring stick game. But, uh, you know, now we're over almost halfway through the season, and it's not about last year, it's about this season. And, you know, we need to catch this team because they're ahead of us in the standings. And that's what Vegas is thinking tonight. So So it's a dangerous thing. You can't get trapped in oh, uh, we're the mighty champs, and, and they're going to bow down to us. You know what I mean? That's uh, that's not, never been a game uh, or the case in the NHL, uh, uh, as far as I've seen anyway. But, you know, the the leaders in that group, they're going to, you know, nip this in the butt right away and, and rely on their past experiences, and that's where, you know, you've gone through a tough time last year when you were dead last beginning of January, and those guys rallied together, um, you know, and built something and built a – uh, an identity through uh, through Craig Berube and, and they just kind of pressed on and on and, and were a, a physical, tough uh, team that were very dependable every night.
4: Scott, what did you think of the Sharks firing Pete DeBoer today?
3: Yeah, it was a little bit of surprising. Um, you know, I, obviously the guys had a, a heck of a career there in St. Louis and and prior coaching jobs as well. But you know, when you when you're losing games and. And you know your, your fingers on that little panic button, and you know obviously uh, uh, pulling the trigger to, to make a change to get a new voice in there. And you know they they got a better team than what their record has been, but you know they didn't want to ha- you know keep this going to you know six, seven, eight game uh, uh, losing streak before they made that change. So it's 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 been a weird <laughs> a weird year, I guess, for for coaches getting fired, and and obviously. Uh, um, you know, all the stuff that's coming out with uh, abuse and everything like that. So it's, it's uh, um, I guess, a tough time to be a coach. And, and just you know, everyone's watching, everyone's, uh, you know, holding everyone accountable to higher standards, which is uh, obviously the appropriate thing.
4: I wonder, especially because all the Babcock stuff came out after he had, uh, after he had been fired. But you look at Babcock, you look at, Uh, DeBoer in San Jose. I wonder how many general managers and ownership groups are saying, well, look what happened in St. Louis when at this time last year they made a a coaching change.
3: Yeah, you know, you you look around, uh, you know, I think teams kind of build their teams on how other teams have won, right? And you look at St. Louis and you know, uh, you know, I'm sure they had a, a vision of what Washington did the year before. They were physical, they were fast, their big guys played uh, uh, as good as can be, and so you build that um, team, that kind of mind frame around them, right? And, you know, pri- prior to a couple of years, it was the young, fast, small speed and, and things like that, but, you know, it seems like the, the meat and the toughness kind of gets you through, right? So uh, you look back at coaching uh, changes and, wow, well, look at what they did for – uh, for these guys, and and you know, I know Chief. He came into uh, um, our dressing room uh, in Philadelphia a few games into the one season, and and it was just a simple message. There wasn't you know 30 things on the board what you had to do that night. It was you know one or two key things that you wanted to that he wanted to see from from the team, and I, you know I think he did the same thing there in St. Louis, where it was just a, a simple mindset. You know, defense, obviously check, play hard, and. And you know when you have those simple messages, you know guys you're not thinking about twenty things you're you're thinking about two or three things, which is you know for a hockey player's mindset you can't you can't think too much it's very reactionary out there and and obviously it paid off unless something has come out in the last hour or two that I've missed what what do you suppose is going on with the Jim Montgomery situation and why we don't have any idea why he was fired uh I don't know. I, you know I I hear the same thing you guys uh uh that it wasn't uh um wasn't a criminal thing it wasn't uh, it was just kind of some actions I think some things that were done or said or or whatever and I'm not sure if this was an ongoing thing or an in uh, you know uh just uh, one or two incidents so uh, you know I just know the the guys uh thought highly of Jim Montgomery they respected his mind his hockey mind uh his motivational tactics everything like that and you know, I think uh, you know a few of them are kind of you know scratching their heads, saying you know what just went on, and and you know to have it on a game day is even kind of more troubling. I guess or, you know questions going through you, but you know they came out that night and, and got a two nothing shutout. So um, you know it's uh, you, you just hope for the best in people that he can kind of get through this and. Whatever you know, Monty's dealing with that he can kind of uh, right his ship, and and uh, if he chooses to coach again, you know, someone give him a second chance because hockey players get these second chances, third chances all the time if they have to go to uh, you know a rehab or get something fixed, and you know we'll give you another chance to come out here, and you know it definitely should apply to coaches as well.
4: NHL Network Scott Hartnell, before we let you go, I'm sure that you noticed earlier this year when. Baruby put together the Shen Bozek Schwartz line, the the Saskatchewan line. What'd you think?
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Good Sasky boys there. Just working hard, eh? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Old-time hockey. Yeah, that's they, right.
3: Yeah. No, they, they're uh, obviously they're real close. They have the connection to, uh, you know, Saskatoon and Regina and, you know, being so close and going back there in the summer times and supporting each other's charities out and uh, back there. So, so those guys uh, will play obviously hard for each other and, you know, obviously there's three not too shabby players as well that uh, have had some great careers so far. So and obviously winning a Stanley Cup. So I, I, uh, I don't mind that line. And you know, whoever Bo Shen, Schwartz, or Bozier playing with that are that are gonna you know make that line better. So um, you got they got some good players. Obviously you're missing one of the best there in Tarasenko, but you know it seems like uh, uh, the boys are pulling together. And you know if he he comes back at you know at the right time in playoffs or right before playoffs, it's gonna be. You know, it's like you're adding, a, you know, 40 goal score, So it's going to be a scary team, the Blues, for sure, this year.
0: Good stuff there from Scott Hartnell, the former NHL player. That's going to wrap it up for this Daily Blues podcast today. The Blues and Vegas Golden Knights tonight on 101 ESPN. We're on the air at six, puck drop at seven. Tune into that tonight. We'll have more again tomorrow right here on 101ESPN.com with a recap of that game as well. Remember, folks, go see a ball game often, follow your local teams. It really is fun for the entire family. Dan Betlock signing off on 101ESPN.com.